Welcome to the I Work For Him Power Pod. I'm Michael Miracle, producer for I Work For Him, the voice of the faith and work movement. We are on mission to transform the workplace of every Christian into a mission field. Each quick listening power pod is designed with you in mind and jam-packed with kingdom resources to help you connect your faith and work. How will this impact your workplace? Let's find out right now. Yesterday, our guest, Matthew Bell, shared how before he starts his day, before he goes into a meeting, before he makes a business decision, he really focuses and prays over Proverbs 16, 3. And then when I talked to a listener last night, they were like, what was that verse that that guy talked about? That was really powerful. So I felt like it was worth repeating. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. And um, I think that this is really a great thing to um, spend some time focusing on, meditating on, and really making sure that what we're committing to the Lord is what he wants us to be doing. Right. And, and there's a certain process in this. This is not go ahead and do your thing and then say, Lord, would you please yeah. bless that? It's before you do anything, saying, Lord, would you guide my steps? Would you guide my thoughts? Would you guide my interactions? Would you help me to see what you see as I interact with these people? Right. And, and bless my steps and your plans will succeed. That's a different approach. That's putting the Lord first and right. then following. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's a really good point, Jim, because a lot of us just go, okay, Lord, here's what I've already put on my calendar for today. Now I want you to bless it. That's not what he's talking about. It's a heart issue. Are we doing what God wants us to do? Proverbs 16, three, say it one more time. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. All right. Have you ever felt like your job was killing you? I have. In fact, one day my doctor told me, Jim, if you don't quit your job, you're going to have a heart attack. My blood pressure was high. My heart was aching. I was devastated because it was an industry that I loved, but the frustration factor was immense. So what do you do when you feel like you're on the edge, on the edge in all areas of your life and all those around you are being negatively affected, especially your family? What do you do? Who do you talk to? Today, we're going to talk with one executive from Dallas, Texas, Steve Ramser. He came to this place in his life, that spot where his life was a mess, and we just asked him if he would share it with him. Steve Ramser, welcome to I Work For Him. Right, so to give you an idea, right, I've, I've um, encapsulated the most recent history. I've, I have been an entrepreneur inside of Fortune 500 companies now for about 30 years. What I mean by explain that what, is... Yeah, good, explain that. Yeah, what I mean by that is I, I innovate and build startup type businesses inside of big companies, service lines businesses. And the most recent uh, ask by my CEO uh, two and a half years ago was to step into the digital realm and build a kind of a a disruption, uh, game-changing technology application within one of our biggest core businesses. And I, I, I look over three aspects of our business. Um, one aspect of our business is helping companies find space. The second aspect of the bet's about about 1,800 people. The second aspect of the business is building out that space, about 2,000, something like that. And then the third aspect of that is our uh, consulting organization and accounts-based businesses, which is about 1,100 people, give or take. Those numbers change. Um, and then I also ran our large accounts, and I was also working on a second master's degree from Dallas Seminary in theology, three kids, Wife of 32 years, um, six galas a year, sat on three boards, had a lot going on. And what the challenge that I, w- and I was also um, 
teaching in, in Africa. I think we talked about that the last time we spoke. But do, doing different things. And what I w- the, the challenge I was facing is that I didn't look at the big picture. I was looking at each of these different areas individually, and the cumulative effect hit me upside the head the week of Good Friday. So what happened? I was on a business trip. Um, I had been traveling. Um, I think I had traveled, I'm not sure, every every week minus one or two in, in this year, and a lot was going on. And I was in Dallas, and I woke up that morning, made the mistake of, instead of grabbing my Bible, I grabbed my cell phone, and sure enough, the technology project that I was working on had gone offline. And they had moved it to the cloud and failed to redirect some of the APIs. And, and the bottom line is the users all across the country were, were shut down. So it was a really bad start to the day. Went from there to um, Dallas Seminary, where, where the Hendricks Center, where I sit on the roundtable, were hosting a pastor's conference around faith and work for 650 pastors and attended that conference. Left the conference to go back to my office, dealt with some personnel issues, go from there back to my hotel, walk into my hotel room, and, and it felt like someone hit me in the chest with a nine iron. The pain went um, in my chest, up over my left shoulder, down my left arm into my thumb. Um, the walls began to close in around me, shortness of breath, um, an ice pick right center in the back of my, between my shoulder blades. And I'm not sure whether I blacked out or whether, I, but I, I knew I was, I was, I was down. And it was just my body, my body shut down. So how did you get help? I mean, that's like a heart attack kind of thing. I mean, how, did you dial nine one one or how did you get help? No, and I think this shows. I think I think the answer to that. I think that's the right question because the answer is going to shock you. I didn't. I changed my clothes, put on my suit. We had a gala that evening, a black tie affair for the 30th anniversary of the Hendricks Center. And I went to the gala. And we were at the Four Seasons. And <laughs> of course, I, that makes I, sense. It totally makes sense I that you would to, go to the gala. Exactly. I mean, why not? Exactly. So I, I went down the, the elevator. I was walking into the gala. And I walked into a room. There were 18 to 20 students in there. I was big screen watching this person speaking. I went in and sit down. They came and found me and said, Mr. Ramser, what are you doing in here? You're at the head table. They walked me back to the green room to the head table. I'm sitting next to um, the the dean of, of students and others. And it was I was like I was watching myself from a distance. And I was simply pushing through on sheer sheer willpower. I mean, you're talking at a critical spot. I mean, you really probably could have been dead uh, from all of that. So what happens next? How did you re- how did you put a stop to all of this? Yeah, so I ended up, there were some amazing things that happened that night sitting next to Dr. Chuck Swindoll and others, but I received an award for leadership that evening and then caught a 1040 flight home. And couldn't, when I hit the airport, I couldn't stop the tears. It, it was uncontrolled. Uh, the tears just kept flowing, and I, I got home and shared with Angie what had had happened, and she, of course, was very concerned, and it happened two or three times the next day, and it, by the way, it's a really good way to get an appointment with your doctor when you call with those symptoms. They see you right away, um, 
And I went in and saw him, and he said, Steve, you've had a, a somatic nervous breakdown. He said, we are psychosomatic beings, um, and what's happened is it's like a GFI ground force indicator in your kitchen where you plug in too many appliances and that GFI pops. He said, you, you've popped your GFI too many times. And that this, your somatic um, nervous system has disconnected from the emotions, and that's where you are. And I called my boss and told him I quit. How did you go about getting some freedom from what was trapping you and get some healing for you? What, what happened next? Yeah. So I think, and what was interesting is, you know, I'd been... I had been speaking on the topic of faith and work. I get speaking invitations and men's groups and churches and podcasts and different things like that. And here I was burning myself out um, and not focusing on the rhythm of work and rest in the scriptures. I, and um, and so what I did is uh, when some I physician who's also a very close friend and he recommended a, a gentleman who is a coach um, been around this for 40 years who specializes in burnout and Dr. Bill Germer and um, that was a godsend and then I assembled a personal board of, of individual I spent the first two weeks just getting healthy and trying to get those symptoms from continuing to reoccur that was the first two weeks and then I took 30 days to go deep with my family um, no work, but I put my, my work phone and my computer in a drawer and didn't touch it for 84 days and went deep with my family. My daughter graduated college that month, and then I spent 30 days in solitude, prayer, um, journaling, Bible study, and then I spent 24 days with my personal board of people who were 10 to 15 years my senior just listening to what they had to say, and then I spent about a week formulating what I was going to do. Okay, you, you talked about a lot of things that a lot of people don't have access to. Number one, a boss that would actually give them a break when they're facing burnout. So there's a lot of people listening in like, they're on the edge of burnout. They're, maybe they're not trying to get a master's degree, you know, manage 5,000 people and all the things that you were doing, but they're, they're single moms that have three kids that are teenagers that are trying to put food on the table. They're, they're single dads that are trying to provide and work two jobs at, you know, one during the day and one at night. Whatever their circumstances may be, how can somebody get the kind of rest and refreshing that the Lord gave you when they can't necessarily get 90 days off? Yeah, and I think that's a good question. I understand that burnout is, is a clinical, in the 1970s, you can go back and read the literature from Berkeley is where they started understanding burnout as a clinical diagnosis of something. This isn't just being tired. Right. This is, this is, this is a level of fatigue where you feel like you're walking through wet concrete, where you can't lift your arms, where you have ringing in your ears that is so loud you can't hear anything else, where you... The walls close in. Okay, this is this is something that it, it's like it's like a it's like it gets its tentacles into you and it just drives you to the ground. There's a lot of people out there who are exhausted and who have gotten themselves involved in saying yes to so many things that it stretched them so thin that they're at risk of burnout. Steve, was part of your story that you were doing things that God necessarily hadn't asked you to do? And it was stretching you because I don't think that God wants us to be burned out. So talk to us about that nuance there a little bit. Sure, absolutely. It, 
it, whether if you think about it, and we, we look at our life in terms of different spheres of our life, right? There's no secular and sacred. It is all sacred, everything that we do. The earth is the Lord and the fullness thereof. Everything we do belongs to him. But if you look at your life and you have, as a believer, you have your, your work life where you, you want to uh, produce excellence, like Mark did displaying to me, you have the church, and the church wants your time and your money, and they'll take as much of it as they can possibly get. Then you have your, your family, you have your community area, and then I, was, I added on top of that education and, and you know, teaching out of the country and those different types of things. Looking at each one of those individually, I would say they're probably a full-time job, each one of them individually. Cumulatively, it was crushing. So I think the first most practical piece of advice I can give, and this is what I did, I stepped back and I wrote out a 30,000-foot perspective on my life. What was I doing from each one of these different aspects? And when I added them all up, I just, I just, I, I was overwhelmed. So the first thing practically to do is just is step back and take a 30,000 foot assessment of all of the things going on in your life. Because my pastor didn't know everything that was going on at work. My boss didn't know everything that was going on outside of work. Right? They don't have that perspective. So get that perspective yourself. You went back to work after 90 days. You're still in your same position you were at before. How do you keep this from happening again? Two things. First, gifting. Gifting. Understanding the specific gifts that God has given me. And Bill Hendricks walked with me through this for almost 80 days. And then learning to say no for what is not in my gifting. That would be first. Um, Second is our boundaries. When I leave the office at night, I leave my work phone and my computer at my desk. When I arrive back in the morning, I turn the work work phone and the computer back on. Um, If you don't learn to say no, your yes means nothing, and learning how to say no is the first step. You've been listening to I Work Frame with your host, Jim Brangenberg. I'm a Christ follower. My workplace, definitely my mission field, but ultimately, I work for him. Thank you for listening to the I Work For Him Power Pod with your hosts, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. Want more? Hear the full broadcast at IWorkForHim.com. Stay connected and receive power-packed content when you sign up for our blog at IWorkForHim.com or follow us on social media at IWorkForHim. And finally, if today's message inspired you, please subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast platform. Your review helps launch more workplace missionaries across the nation. That's at IWorkForHim and online, IWorkForHim.com.